BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to the risk takers, the game changers, and the disruptors. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank, be bold, venture wisely. Hi there, I'm Randad Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now. Welcome to Right Now-ish, where we discuss arts and culture, movers and shakers, and big things shaking in the Bay Area. After being legalized in California five years ago, cannabis is now at the heart of a debate that intersects with economic equality, healthcare, policing, and public safety. Our story picks up late last year in Oakland, where a series of major robberies targeted cannabis companies. After a week in which more than two dozen of their stores and other operations were targeted by roving bands of sometimes violent thieves, cannabis business owners want the city to step up with more protection. Because I'm scared for my business here in Oakland, it pains me to have conversations about moving my business. We don't want to get shot. We don't want to get killed. Over cannabis, it's more dangerous now than it was before it was legal. Headlines leave a lot of gaps in understanding, but an expert who can fill in those blanks from the industry side, Cheney Turner. Currently serving as chair of Oakland's Cannabis Regulatory Commission, Cheney is East Oakland through and through, and they're outspoken about the changes needed for community entrepreneurs to thrive. High taxes have got to go! Hey, hey! Ho, ho! High taxes have got to go! We chop it up about taxes, robberies, banking, and the state of cannabis in the Golden State right after this joint. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love 
while also getting access to cool events, behind the scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening and thank you for your support. Just bring us into the fold. What's What's been happening as of late? It's been a uh, kind of a rough two years in general. Our industry has experienced massive burglaries since 2020. During the summer of 2020, there were actions happening across the country in regards to George Floyd and the continued police violence against Black people and Black bodies. Some people used that opportunity to target cannabis operations. So dispensaries, cultivation sites, delivery services, warehouses. The way that these burglaries happen is you have caravans of people, 50 or more people, that will roll up to a spot, stealing whatever they can get their hands on. Product, cash, electronics, whatever whatever they can take, they took. Some have been more organized with people who actually have weapons. Some of these, you know, cannabis operations were targeted multiple times and it hasn't stopped. People don't feel safe. And you and your position as the chair of the Oakland Cannabis uh, Regulatory Commission, um, what what have you seen as a response, um, both from stakeholders and from the police? The cannabis community is really frustrated. And so a lot of the frustration is the response time and also the lack of communication from OPD and the city when there is a violent burglary that's happened. The police response should not be ours. If my home or my business has been burglarized, I expect the response to be immediate. And the frustration is also because cannabis operators pay some of the highest taxes to the city of Oakland. It further harms equity and small operators who are trying to build a life and some type of wealth for for them and their families. I'm specifically talking about women and PLC and locally owned businesses. Those are the ones that we have to protect because they're really hemorrhaging and people are, are desperate. Okay, so the folks working in the cannabis industry are historically anti-establishment. I mean, they've been criminalized repetitively by the police, but now people are strategizing on how to increase safety. And one of the options is working with the police, which is a major shift. How have you seen this play out? As someone who is a lifetime resident of Oakland and also someone who advocates, you know, against police violence when we're talking about keeping our communities safe, we have to take into account that we need more affordable housing, real affordable housing. We need jobs that pay above minimum wage. You know, people are trying to find ways to survive. Now, does that mean that people need to go and 
rob folks? No, but I can't speak for people in certain situations. One of the responses from OPD to operators was for them to hire armed security and to have them on the roof and shoot at people who are attempting to, you know, burglarize their spaces. That's not what we want. You know, the cannabis community is not calling for violence. I want to see better solutions around public safety other than just adding more police. As someone who has historically advocated against uh, over-policing and police violence, and now you're in a position where you are um, working with police to deal with the issues that the cannabis industry is facing, um, I'm just wondering, how do you uh, hold that tension? Morally, it's challenging, (laughs) you know, but I also make sure that I use my position to get as much transparency and accountability when possible. During our November meeting, you know, we had OPD Chief Armstrong, you know, speak on the robberies. And um, I'm also very grateful to have Commissioner Cordaire, Tracy Cordaire, who does abolitionist work. And it's important to have a body of people who are not going to have all the same views, but we can, you know, respect each other's views. And when it comes to police accountability, I feel that in general, we do a good job diverting any unnecessary funds that needs to go. At the same time, with this position, I just can't make it about myself. And so during the last meeting, you know, when there was, you know, a proposal of possibly adding extra officers, well, Cheney, the Oakland resident, I'm like, no. But there's also business owners who are looking for them to do their work. And so if that does pass, if that does happen, we still need to make sure that they're held accountable to the actual police work. What role does the issues around banking and having money on hand, how does that play a part into this discussion or does it? It does somewhat. Uh, and so for people to understand, cannabis businesses have no access to banking like your traditional type businesses. And so usually there's a lot of cash on hand and or you might have to use an ATM machine, get your cash and then pay for your, your medicine. And for years, you know, advocates have been pushing for safe banking so cannabis businesses can have less barriers. To be clear, marijuana is still federally illegal. So in order to follow federal law, many banks don't work with cannabis businesses. In California, this leads many small businesses to only work in cash. And there can be a lot of cash on hand, sometimes millions of dollars, making them targets for theft or worse. So it makes sense why folks are pushing for cannabis businesses to get access to banking. Recently, federal legislators have been working on the Safe Banking Act, and even though it's got bipartisan support, it's been unsuccessful in getting signed into law. But Cheney thinks safe banking won't solve everything. Robberies are happening with businesses in general. Louis Vuitton has access to banking. You know, Nordstrom's has access to banking, and they're still being robbed. And so 
I, I want people to understand that banking won't stop robberies. Banking hasn't stopped robberies for any industry, as we have seen uh, with, with, with things that's going on. Do we need it? Yes. But we also need to make sure that whatever passes through the Senate um, with safe banking, that it's still equitable. Small businesses and Black people um, in general, I don't care what business you're in, already face discrimination when we're going for small business loans. And we need to make sure that when safe banking does pass, that it's inclusive and equitable and not just catering to large corporate multi-state operator. They're the ones that's trying to go around the country and pretty much be the Walgreens of cannabis. What is the remedy to this uh, perfect storm that you've laid out of issues that um, small cannabis retail spots are, are facing right now? One of the things that we would like, and we've seen a little bit, since the Thanksgiving weekend, you know, robberies, there was communication that came from OPD. They had received information that there was possibly going to be an attempted uh, robberies on New Year's Eve. There was video footage of these uh, caravans that was scoping out some potential spots. And so operators who caught that footage, got on it, sent it over to OPD. OPD posted it on their social media. Emails went out. Those types of things are preventative. Uh, to my knowledge, there were no robberies that happened over the weekend of New Year's Eve. In regards to security, during our last, you know, commission meeting, there was a proposal of, you know, some funds uh, because we do get funds from the state each year to strengthen our cannabis programs, asking for additional funds for some operations to have some security. Also, the funds to better fortify spaces. In, in my opinion, you can only have so much security and police overtime. That's not a long-term solution. We've been talking about robberies of cannabis businesses in Oakland, but it's more than just that. Like, What do you see as the bigger equity issue here? You know, if the robberies continue to happen, I think we'll lose more equity businesses. You can only, you know, be robbed so many times. Like Blunts and Moore has been robbed multiple times. And for one, it's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair for people coming from these experiences and backgrounds, whether it's being formally incarcerated, you know, or just being poor, right? And working your way up to having an actual, you know, cannabis operation only for it to be burglarized and vandalized so many times. We need to find ways to keep these people hopeful because people are losing hope. And if they lose hope, we're going to lose businesses. If I'm somebody that's still on the unlicensed market, witnessing all this happening to people who made it, I'm like, hell nah, I'm not like, nah, I'm going to stay over here trapping, doing my own thing and stay in my lane right here. 
we need to get rid of all of these barriers and find out ways to keep our community safe so that people can be encouraged. Cheney, thank you. Thank you for taking some time to explain some of the forces impacting a major industry in our state and a huge part of our culture. After this interview and seeing you speak at a protest on the steps of the state's capital, I get it. There's a lot at stake. And the issues of robberies, high taxes, and the power of multi-million dollar companies aren't going anywhere. Many cannabis operators have spoken up and called on the city of Oakland and the state of California to provide tax relief and amnesty to help businesses bounce back. But as Cheney has shown, it's going to take the community to speak up and continue to advocate on the community's behalf. Cheney's Instagram is social underscore life and their Twitter handle is Cheney Turner and that's spelled C-H-A-N-E-Y. Turner is spelled T-U-R-N-E-R. Follow along for more updates and info. Marisol Medina Cadena is the producer of this show. Jessica Plachik is the editor. Our engineer is Sil Muller. Justin Ebrahimi and Rhea Garewal are the engagement captains. Our engagement intern is Ashley Ng, and our production intern is Corey Antonio Rose. Kiana Mogadam is senior producer of podcasts. KQED execs are David Marcus and Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw, thanking you all for listening. Peace. Right now is a KQED production. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.